Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to How Not to Write with Janae, Season 1, Episode 2, Romance Tropes. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to my show, How Not to Write. I am your host, Janae. I created this podcast to help the novice writer create an amazing novel or novels. Last week, I told you that this season, we're going to be looking at tropes. I explained that a trope is a well-known storyline or theme or situation that is expected or well-known in the genre that you're writing in. It's one of the building blocks to creating a storyline people can relate to. Ergo, an audience that relates equals more of them buying your book. And the word of mouth can't hurt, you know? I always tell myself that I can write an engaging and relatable plot. My audience will typically grow and want more. Now, romance is something I resisted in the past, and I ignorantly believed that it was all bodice ripping, you know, deflowering, or butterflies in the stomach, trashy crap that used too much purple prose, which is one of the unwritten rules of a writer not to use. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some books like that, there are also some skillfully crafted novels as well. As I delve deeper into my novels, I found that I love writing romance and chemistry more than I realized. 
I think I was sleeping on my skills to break through the blockage I had unwittingly constructed. There's an infinite number of tropes in romance. I bet you've read or watched it on the big or little screen without noticing. Go on, think of your favorite movie, whether in the past or recently. Do you secretly want the main characters to become a couple? Was there chemistry? Were you invested in shipping? Maybe not the main characters, but like a main character and like a side character? Really think about it. Of course there was. Now think of a movie or a book you hated. Was there one as well? Chances are they were a cliche. Go back to the first episode in this season to find out what a cliche is and why you shouldn't use it. In romance novels, there is something called a meet-cute. I know, I know, I hate the name too. But to put it in layman's terms, a meet-cute is simply when the two characters meet. Whether in an elevator or a coffee shop, the first taste of romance is when they interact with one another. I'll give you some examples. When Bella first sees Edward in Twilight and when he smells her <laughs> and it doesn't help that there's a fan on blowing the wind. Or when Lee and E. Edward Gray meet in Secretary. Side note, if you've never seen the movie Secretary, you just, you gotta see it. It stars Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Spader. It's one of my favorite romance movies. Like, the writer of the screenplay really thought out of the box with that one. When you watch it, keep an open mind. And remember, that's not family friendly. It's more R-rated. Think of Batman first meeting Vicki Vale in the 1989 version of Batman starring Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, and Kim Basinger. I think that was the best version in my personal opinion. Michael Keaton's Batman was excellent because it was the right mix of quirky and brooding. He was, I don't know, he was, he was just awkward enough and it didn't help that he is kind of dreamy himself. Sorry, Christian Bale and Ben Affleck lovers. Another great trope is enemy to lovers. He can't stand her know-it-all attitude and she can't stand his arrogance. Basically, it's the chemistry between the two characters that unite them. Hate is a strong reaction in the body and the mind. It stirs the mind, provides that rush of emotion. Enemies to lovers is the perfect way to create tension, and tension is a must in a novel. It's when the stakes are high for the main characters. You want an example? Think Johnny and Baby in Dirty Dancing, starring Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey. Baby, which is a nickname by the way, and Johnny hate each other. 
or maybe they annoy each other. She is daddy's little rich girl, and he's a bad boy who doesn't mind getting um, dirty on the dance floor. You should watch it. The chemistry is outstanding. Or take Andrew and Margaret from The Proposal, starring Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. She is the much-hated boss, and Andrew is her personal assistant. They plan to marry under this farce that Margaret comes up with because her visa is expiring. And, well, I won't spoil that one. Just know that it definitely has chemistry. Try Sam and Freddie from iCarly as another love-hate relationship. This show features Jeanette McCurdy and Freddie Benson. You can feel the hatred between these two as she insults him left and right. Try Buffy and Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's a vampire and she kills vampires. <laughs> the list goes on and on. By the way, Spike is my inspiration for for um, Trouble's ex in my novel, The Lady of Death. He looks, he reminds me of Billy Idol. And I had that in one of the versions that I wrote of my book, but I kind of wrote him out of the book because I hated him so much. He was also um, inspired, his attitude was inspired inspired by my exes. So, (laughs) moving on. The Bet is something popular in teen movies and in the 90s for some odd reason. By the way, the 90s is my favorite era. I'm showing my age, but Jimmy cracked corn and I don't care. Anywho, this trope is where the main person bets they can date someone who is quote unquote ugly. And let's be real, they're not ugly. (laughs) They're a hot 20-year-old with or without glasses. But I digress. They bet they can date them or make them something that is the complete opposite of what they are in real life. So think Catherine and Sebastian from Cruel Intentions starring Reese Witherspoon, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Ryan Phillippe. The rich brother and sister bet that Sebastian can uh, deflower a virgin. Not for the kiddies either. Or when Zach bets he can turn another hot 20-year-old in the form of Lainey into a prom queen. She's all that. Stars the late Paul Walker, Freddie Prince Jr., and Rachel Lee Cook. It gets under my skin and gets an eye roll for me, but it's pretty funny, so it's worth looking at, if only for our research. Lainey and Zach have great chemistry. One trope that gets a bad reputation is insta-love. It's when the main characters fall for each other immediately or over a short period of time, like soulmates or serendipity. 
There is an instant attraction when they have their cute. Think Disney and the Little Mermaid. For the first time Ariel sees Prince Eric, she falls in love with him. But she's a mermaid and he's a human. Not only that, he's a prince. This is by far my favorite Disney classic. And yes, I do love Disney. One of my passions is singing. Like, when I was younger, I used to sing all the time and I almost was famous. <laughs> I'll tell that story another time. But I digress. Most movies are instant love. They give you a short window of like two hours max, maybe sometimes three if it's really good. And the two leads have to fall in love some kind of way. Take the movie 51st Dates that stars Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, who fought for each other in a short amount of time, over and over. Lucy, Drew Barrymore, and Henry, Adam Sandler, have to relive their first date because she she has amnesia. It's a beautiful love story and it made me cry. Like the ending was perfect. It was just even made the actor, actress, Drew Barrymore cry in the movie, of course. But, I mean, it's a good watch. Now, one of my favorite tropes and I think a lot of people love this one is the best friend to lovers how can you not love that sometimes their love is unrequited for a long time or it may be mutually felt this trope which can have sizzling chemistry is when two friends that over a number of years and are essentially best friends fall in love. My first novel, The Lady of Death, which I incidentally read on another podcast called Golden Phoenix Presents Devilicious Delights. You should check it out. Anyway, my main character, Xavier Stout and Trouble Pharrell meet each other when they're younger. He's 18 and she's 16. It, it's not like that, I swear. <laughs> but they feel an instant attraction to each other and fall in love. But it's not like fall in love, get gooey, get together, you know. It's more restrained and they don't know know how to put this. They don't know what love is because of their backgrounds, okay? So each of them have had a hard life growing up without someone to love them. That's what they share in commonality. But over the course of their seven years of hanging out and something else that I won't spoil, but over the course of seven years, they become best friends. In this case, it's opposites tracked, where Trouble is the hothead that came from nothing, like I said. She was homeless when they first met, by the way, and she's also a deadly assassin, whereas Xavier comes from wealth and he's basically the richest man in Parish, the city that I made up. 
he was expected to date only the wealthy high society girls and she was to end up either alone and because of her job basically or she was supposed to date like bad guys scum of the earth guys anyways movies that i can think of that fall under this category of trope is romeo and juliet now there's a play i think there's yeah there's a book a play and there's also a few movies i've watched both of them one of them was made in 1968 and it starred olivia hussey and leonard winning and the other one was baz lerman's or romeo and juliet and it was made in one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why united healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more so whether you're between jobs coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment you can find the plan that fits you best find out more about united healthcare coverage at uh1.com that's uh1.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. 1996. It starred Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. So the storyline is she's a Capulet and he's a Montague. They're destined to hate each other because their father, because their families were enemies to each other. It's definitely, it's definitely a hard sell. The movie is because they do like singing and <laughs> delivering their lines from when Shakespeare wrote the play. But <laughs> I don't know. I I found it interesting. I mean, you should watch it, of course, for like ideas and or research. And as always, you should keep an open mind. One final trope that I'm going to talk about is the love triangle. It's when person B and C are in love with person A. So sometimes the love is unrequited or friend zone, and others are passionate and they have chemistry inducing a rivalry between persons B and C. Titanic features Leonardo DiCaprio again and as he plays Jack Dawson, Billy Zane's Cal are both fighting for Kate Winslet's rose in a love triangle. Cal is rich while Jack is poor. Yes, you know what happened because it's famous, but you should see it for practice in what that trope is. Plus, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On song. 
It's beautiful. It's hauntingly beautiful. Enough said. Another Disney classic, which I incidentally despise, is Beauty and the Beast. It's the tale of a selfish prince that is turned into a creature, and he falls in love with his captive, a headstrong, freedom-yearning belle. Um, I don't like the music in that one, and, well, I don't like the music in that one. <laughs> That's why I don't like it, but this, it's just the music is so bad. But you should watch this trope for, you know, research as well. One of the movies that I do love that is under this love triangle trope is Gone with the Wind. I remember watching the very long movie on TV every time it came out. I would always be in front of a TV and oh god I love this this story. <laughs> Plus I'm dating myself again but I don't care. Basically Vivian Lee Scarlet O'Hara and she's breathtakingly beautiful and spoiled is in love with Ashley Wilkes played by Leslie Howard who is married to his cousin <laughs> I know I know gross but the cousin's name is Melanie Hamilton and she's played by Olivia D. Haviland and so Scarlett is in love with Ashley and along comes Rhett Butler who is played by the yummy yummy dreamy Clark Gable and he, he is infatuated with Scarlett you know Ashley only has eyes for his wife and Scarlett devises scheme after scheme to win him over which she never does shocker I know spoiler too, but Rhett, he goes out of his way to show Scarlett that he, you know, cares for her, loves her, he even marries her, and in the end, she figures out that she's in love with him too, and of course he delivers that, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn line, and it leaves you kind of feeling cheated because you want to know at the end she's like resolved to win him over or bring him back but I don't know I just want it to get closure I'm I'm suffering from I don't know it just it's just a great movie <laughs> actually there are hundreds of tropes for romance if you think it you can write it for instance Forbidden love, like in Lolita, the book and the movie where a pedophile falls for basically jailbait. Yep, it's gross. You can do soulmates, secret identity, stuck together on like a plane or an elevator or a cruise ship, like the movie Speed, starring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Good movie. That is my favorite Keanu Reeves movie, other than The Matrix. Or holiday could be a could, could be a um, trope, such as Home for the Holidays, starring 
the beautiful soul that is Robert Downey Jr., Holly Hunter, and Dylan McDermott. So you should watch that one too. One another trope could be wedding fever, opposites attract, rivals unrequited, oblivious to love, redemption, damsels in distress, male. What would you call it? Like a dude in in distress. <laughs> Best friend's ex. Matchmaker, such as in Emma, the book, and the few movies. Check them out. Orphan, widower, unexpected baby, sworn off relationships, changing sexual preferences, arranged marriage, love potion, returning to hometown, the one that got away, falling in love with the wrong person, protagonist with dead parents, the straight guy falls for the, or straight girl falls for the bi girl or a lesbian or gay guy, asexual guy or girl and their love interest, first time when their sexuality is realized, etc. Now, I've, I've given you a lot that even I was shocked to think, oh my, I've, I've, I've never heard of this or put it like you've, you've read it, but you didn't know that it was a, a trope. You can find a lot of these on Pinterest. They have um, a lot of them just on Google. And I know I'm supposed to be the person that tells you this stuff, and I am, but I haven't mentioned, this. this is just the tip of the iceberg when talking about romance tropes. There are literally hundreds of these scenarios. I know most of the mentions that I have given today are movies, but they're great tools for writing. The plot line, the story, the theme. I mean, if you ever get stumped, whether it's your own writer's block or whether you're searching for book ideas, movies are an awesome It feeds both your left and right side of your brain because it's not, it's just, it's research plus it's like a vacation for your brain. (laughs) Also, I'm a movie buff. I love everything about, like I notice all aspects of movies and I'm known to win at Trivial Pursuit the game when it involves movies. So... I think I know more about movies than most actors. I don't have one genre that I love most. I watch all genres. I watch musicals, Bollywood, anime. I watch them all, and I love them all. Sometimes I don't have time to sit down and read a book. I'll just listen to the audiobook or watch the movie, but... One of my pet peeves, when you have like a successful book and Hollywood can't comes and buys your book idea and then they mess it up. They mess it up. For instance, like the last Avatar. Well, that wasn't a book. That was a TV show, but they messed it up. Then there's Silver Lines Playbook. I know I've said this before, but it pissed me 
all of Musa. But you don't have to take my word for all these movies and stuff. You, you can see it for yourself. Try it. I wanted to quickly touch on the cons of tropes. Well, two of them. Last week we discussed cliches. Some people eye roll on tropes of romance novels. You say, expect the unexpected, and your audience says, been there and done that. Some might even put your book down and forget about it, and we never want that to happen. My advice, switch it up. Write in a sexuality that you, you aren't. Read some, like, really good ones, and also get a sensitivity beta reader. Write in something you've, you can't see yourself doing and put a twist on it. Make sure your trope is believable. Or you can try to subvert a trope. What is that? It's when you take a well-known trope or cliche and flip it like a pancake. <laughs> oh, it means adding a twist. Something your reader will not suspect. Like, it's hard, but it is doable. It is very doable. And if you keep your reader guessing and reading, well, they're, they're likely to come back for every book that you do, especially if you do it well. And that is something we all want. Well, my friends, we've come to the end of the episode. Are you inspired? Are you ready to get started? I know when I was researching this, I found some pretty interesting ideas. I think I'm going to love this season. Now remember, I will be bringing you each week a different set of tropes in various genres. I'm trying to stay away from the well, well-known ones. I can give you a couple of them, but I'm trying to give you something that you've never heard. I'm trying to subvert it. No, I'm trying to give you something you've never heard to spark that noggin of yours. And if you like this content and love my 15-year-old boy in puberty voice, I encourage you to subscribe and to give me a review. I want to interact more with you guys. You can shoot me an email of what troops you'd like me to talk about or any other suggestion. My email is JanaeTheWriter at Yahoo.com Also, if you love my personality, <laughs> you can listen to my other podcasts. One is called Vilified and it's where I talk about mental illness and different subjects. This, just recently, I talked about being a starving artist and I talked about um, Edvard Munch. Edvard Munch and how he, his illness helped give the world great art. So you guys should check that out. I talk about religion, which everyone seems to love. And I am very popular in Belgium for some odd reason. Shout out to the Belgian people. But if you'd like to support me and help me out with these podcasts, I have a Patreon, and it's www.patreon.com. Janae writes it. I discuss my books made mainly 
like the Lady of Death, but um, you know, you can hit me up there and you can support any of the uh, podcasts I have. The other podcast that I have is the Golden Phoenix Presents Devilicious Delights, where I read my book. Of course, I read The Lady of Death, but I also have another book on there, which is called Notes of My Heart, and it's um, it's semi-autobiographical. I can't say that word. Anyways, part of it happened to me, and the other part is strictly drama. But at my Patreon, I have three tiers, and the lowest one is under $10. You, you can try it out and see if you like it. I mean, I have some perks that are in each tier and most of it has to do with the lady of death but if you have some suggestions of what I can give away that would be great too when I get 10 subscribers I want to start giving doing giveaways and getting prizes to people so anyways my name is Janae and I want to thank you for listening Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.